Hey everyone. Hi. Hello. It is me, Allison Rosen. Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is Uni Best Friend. I am sitting here in dining room studios with one half of Garfunkel and Oates, Kate Micucci, who is also an actress and an artist and musician and lover of sunsets. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. So true. Hi, thank you for having me. <laughs> this is actually your second time on the show because my very first live show, you and Ricky performed. Yes, but it's the yeah. first time we're like sitting down and and actually talking. Yes, we I, I we I think we talked a bit at that last one, but that was years ago now. I know it was, was a, a while ago. Yeah, so time to check in. Thank you for having me. Thank you for for coming on the show. So let's get a couple things out of the way first. Okay. Um. The listener doesn't know this, but you might realize that my house smells pretty farty right now. I don't know if you can tell or not, because I made cauliflower and egg whites earlier, <laughs> and it's pretty pretty out of control. Now, Jeff assured me that it smells like cooking farty, not, and I supplied this part, butt farty. Yeah, it's vegetable farty, not ass farty but farty where I are didn't you walk in and go oh it's so farty in here like i i didn't really think anything of it so i think you're fine i think okay, you're good. maybe overthinking it actually. i probably am yeah. there's a candle that's meant to mask the scent but i was like oh that might be worse because i remember uh in college there was this girl that had a very strong perfume and when i would walk into the communal restroom i'd be like oh it smells like perfume and shit right now yeah it's not helping it was a weird choice of your broccoli scented candle but <laughs> fair but it's it's, they have those i think i mean i don't know if it's broccoli but i've seen candles that are like supposed to smell bad as jokes but what a waste right yeah who's gonna want that nobody's gonna burn it Mm-mm. yankee candles worst selling candle yeah the other thing is uh when you came in you pointed out that there's supposed to be an amazing <laughs> sunset tonight well, this is my guess this is just my guess but i'm a real real dork when it comes to sunsets and i felt lame asking but i just think it's gonna be a real good one tonight guys <laughs> so we are going to take a break or we may take a break yeah. around the time of said sunset, and then we'll report back to that you guys. That makes me so happy because I was <laughs> driving over here looking at how the whole like the whole sky has cloud coverage, and I'm like, it might all light up orange, and that would be awesome. I could be wrong, but let's find out. <laughs> As someone who's not really an, an appreciator of things that happen outdoors, however, I do notice on Twitter when they're happening. Um, how long does a beautiful sunset usually last? I mean, it really depends, but I think if it's a really good one, it can even be like as much as a half an hour because it'll change so, you know, many different ways. I always just climb up on my roof, which is not the safest thing I know. It's like a industrial ladder that's like really steep. But uh, are you are you technically not allowed to be doing this? Yeah, I don't think so. (laughs) I climb out my like tiny little window that's not supposed to be climbed out of. And (laughs) yeah, no, I don't think. Yeah, if if my landlords are listening, I'm sorry. But um, (laughs) but yeah, no, I go up there and I like I practice my songs. I just like it's kind of like but I'm so bummed because they just built a brand new apartment next to the building I'm at. And now that building can see where I before we were the tallest building. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't a big deal. I could do whatever. Now I can't. Are they blocking your view of anything or they're, just that they can see you? They're blocking like the Hollywood sign and like mm. all of Hollywood, which is a real bummer. But I can still see the sunset, which is the most important thing. Right. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I, so- I sound so dorky saying that. And I know like I know I'm ve- I'm really guilty of posting way too many sunset pictures on Instagram. But it's like my face. I don't know. I just love I get so excited. Where are you with sunrises? I actually took a great sunrise picture today usually i'm not up that early but i had to get up early for a meeting and it's it was a good one which is also why i feel like tonight's gonna be really good because <laughs> mm, they come in twos i don't know <laughs> so i don't know i didn't know that 
if there's a lot of cloud coverage, that means good sunset. Well, it depends. It just kind of, I mean, I don't know much. This is just my guess, but sometimes it just, the light will hit the clouds and it'll just like all the clouds light up, you know? I don't know what it is called. I'm, I have no idea. But I just like to watch, I think my uncle and aunt used to live in Hawaii and I stayed with them for like three months and every, you know, every sunset we'd watch and we would drink wine and watch the sunset. And I think that was where my appreciation began. But they're like Hawaii, they're all big about like, you know, about seeing the green diamond and all of that stuff. I've never oh, seen I don't, the green diamond. What is the green diamond? It's like a, it's, I think it's a flash that happens at the very end of the sunset. Do you know what it is? Yeah, just as the sun, like the last second before the sun goes down, supposedly every now and then you see some sort of green flash that means hmm. I don't know what, but it's amazing in Hawaii, especially in uh, Kauai, I've seen people do it where just everything stops and it's it's like a party every sunset. They Everybody stops and goes to this one spot and just sits there and waits for the sunset and then they go, oh, okay, and have some beers and go home. Yeah, it's like a, it's, it's a show. Yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's a total show, and you never know what the show's going to be. But uh, but in Hawaii, yeah, people clap and do the whole thing. I think I think when you know Hawaiian tourists are just like we've we've spent money, we're here, we're gonna clap. Yeah, <laughs> you were in Hawaii for three months. Yeah, that was when I that was in between. I went to three colleges, so that was in between my second and third college, trying to figure out my life. And mm-hmm. I I was putting myself through school, and I just didn't want to make the wrong decision and Mm -hmm. spend so much money. So my mom and dad were like, why don't you just go live with your aunt and uncle for a little while, which was awesome. It was great. And uh, and that's when I figured I didn't want to stay in the cold. (laughs) So I moved. So you grew up in Pennsylvania, right? Yeah, yeah. Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Well, originally from New Jersey. And then when we were eight, uh, when I was eight, my brother was six, um, we moved to Pennsylvania, Mm -hmm. but still close to New Jersey, like 10 minutes away. So it was still East Coast. You and, you and I are from the same neck of the woods. Really? Where are you from? Bucks County. Oh, I love Bucks County. Thank I you. know the Bucks County Playhouse. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we used to go see shows there. Oh, yeah, yeah. When I was little, I went to see Singing in the Rain there, and they made it rain on stage, and I was like, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> wow. I was like seven. But. Whenever, I, whenever I smell a really, speaking of perfume, a really super sweet, kind of not so great perfume i in my mind i go oh that smells like mom and dad are going to the bucks county playhouse perfume because we never <laughs> get all dialed up to go see the fantastics or whatever i did not know that is is bucks county big because my grandparents um lived in new york and then they did a thing that i think a lot of people of that era did which is like let's buy a farm right um they literally bought a farm and and it was in bucks county and i I've been there a couple times, and I just think of Bucks County is very sleepy and rural. But it's that's just part of it, right? That's part of it, and it's less and less every year. I mean, it was it was rural, borderline rural when I grew up there. But now I go back there, and it's just like Orange County. It's mall, wall, wall, strip malls, and mm-hmm. box I feel like stores. New Jersey is so much of that. Yeah, more and more. I, I when I lived in New Jersey. There was a new mall, uh, the Bridgewater Commons, which was, oh, yeah. yeah, it was a big deal. It was five minutes from where we lived. And so we went there every day. And my, <laughs> my, it had just opened. It was 1987. And my first grade journal, uh, basically every day in my journal is we went to the mall. We went to the mall, got some candy at the mall, helped my mom buy a, a swatch at the mall. <laughs> I was actually just reading. I was reading it. I was home a couple, yeah, last week I was home and I found a bunch of things about the mall. <laughs> so. so what were you like as a kid? I, you know, I, it's weird to say that I feel exactly kind of the same, you know, like, I don't I, think that's weird. Yeah. I feel like I was the I was always drawing and I was always putting on shows and I was playing music and I, I feel really lucky that I still get to do all the things that I did when I was little. But, um, yeah, I was, I was very much a homebody and I was 
kind of antisocial. So I think that's where I've changed. But um, but yeah, I I just was kind of in my own world, and I kind of think I still am in some <laughs> So, but uh, yeah, I, I had. I mean, I I had a really okay childhood I would say like I was I, maybe I think that was sort of a protection is to just like you know you're in your own world and you're like I don't need to have friends I'm just drawing in, in my room you know like I, I was always happy doing that though were when you say you were antisocial were you anxious about being social or just were you like in what way were you antisocial I re- this is like I really loved hanging out with my mom and dad I still do like it was just it's always been just like I was always so comfortable at home and I think there probably was a lot of anxiety about you know le- I I didn't like leaving my mom and dad that's really what it comes down to I was I think I have attachment issues. I still do. I just watched the movie Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Have you oh, seen it? I haven't seen it. Oh my god, I was I cried more at that movie than so many other other like maybe more serious sad movies this year. And I'm like, why am I sobbing so hard? And I, it's all about like this girl leaves Ireland and and I that's what it is. Like I leaving my parents, I have such a hard time and I think when I was younger, like I cried every day at school, like even through middle school because mm-hmm. I missed my mom and dad. Like it's weird, that sounds so weird to say, but I was always crying and in 7th grade I had a a, a what do you call it? a counselor, mm-hmm. Mr. Jordan. And I would sit in his in his office and he would hand me Werther's Originals. <laughs> and he would be like, you okay now? You want to go to class? <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll go to class. But I, I was like, I cried a lot. I don't know. I missed my mom and dad all the time. It's a really strange thing. So I, so that I think I just wanted to be home. I didn't really want to hang out with kids so much. My parents would be like, do you want a friend over? Do you want to have someone over? Do you want to hang out with your friends? I remember my dad giving me $5 and begging me to go to the seventh grade dance. <laughs> and I did. I went. And wow. I, $5 and Werther's Originals? Yeah. You really milked this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I went to the dance and I had a terrible time and I just sat there and like pretend. Like I was really into Phantom of the Opera at the time. So I was like just imagining that. Yeah. I was a huge fan of the opera fan. You, are you like a Broadway? Per- do you love Yes. Broadway? Yes. Um, although I was reading, is it true that Into the Woods is your favorite and Rent is Ricky's favorite? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I saw Rent more than once, but it was never my favorite. And Into the Woods, I saw, but it didn't, I didn't love it. You saw the, did you see like a Broadway version or, or was it, I was out I, here with Vanessa Williams. Like, long, you may, maybe, when did you move out here? Um, I grew up out here. Oh, so. And then I'm trying to think where I saw it. Though. I think I saw it in New York. Okay. I can't remember. You know what it was? I, um, we didn't have good seats. And if I don't have good seats, I get really distracted and I start, it's like hard for me to be engaged. Oh, I'm with I pretty you. much. I'm a total seat snob. I also will fall asleep pretty much anywhere. And I have as much as I love going to Broadway, I've fallen asleep at so many Broadway shows <laughs> just because it's if I'm sitting still and not like I'll just in the dark. Yeah, yeah. I pass out. But uh, I, I think my love of Into the Woods was from when I was a kid. They they aired it on PBS. Mm. And so I remember seeing the original production with Bernadette Peters and just we had it on tape and I was obsessed with it. So I think that's where my love of that show came. But yeah, I mean, I love Sondheim, and and I really I latched onto Rent kind of late. I mm-hmm. missed I missed it when it first came out, but then in college I got got into it. But um, have you seen Hamilton? Yeah, oh my, it, did you see it? No, I was just in New York, and I mean, it's just impossible to get tickets on short, that short notice. I lucked out. A friend of mine, his wife couldn't make it, so I was able uh, to go with them, and that was really lucky because yeah, otherwise I don't know how I would have gotten a ticket. Is it as like life changing and amazing as everyone says? It seems like it it's is. It's amazing. It's incredible. Like it's. I don't think there's anything else. There hasn't been anything like it. Mm-hmm. You know, I I want to see it again because I went in not having listened to the music and I I'm not a lyric person it's I don't hear lyrics like I I don't 
I only hear melodies and then everything else is just kind of extra, you know, so and it's so lyric based. So now that I'm obsessed with the soundtrack and I know so, you know, I know it now, I want to go back and see it again because mm-hmm. I, I loved it. I feel like I think I'm even going to love it more the second time around if I can find a ticket. <laughs> so. Yeah, I was actually thinking about because when if you go on the website, it'll show you when when they have availability, obviously, like yeah. most ticket websites. Um and I was actually thinking, like, is it? Do I just want to buy tickets and go to New York just to see it? It's worth it. Really? I would totally do that. Yeah. Okay. And now we're getting into snowstorm season. I know. Although I kind of like that. Do yeah. you not like the cold? I love. I love one snowstorm. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> this is great. But like, I don't like the like whole winter of you know. I I think I'm. I I get influenced by the seasons and I'll get bummed out mm-hmm. after a while. I don't know if you ever felt that at all. If you guys, I get bummed out when it's super nice. Honestly, I don't know why, but when it's like really, when it's sunny, I think it, for me, it comes from being probably an indoor kid growing up. Um, And when it was sunny and hot, it's like, and summery, it's like, okay, now you're supposed to wear shorts and go play outside. And I was like, I don't want to do that at all. (laughs) There's none of that appeals to me. What were you doing instead of... I mean, just being inside and being cerebral and non-athletic and yeah. feeling like I'm like I'm not as fast as all these kids. I went to a very athletic school and I was very not I was not an athletic kid at all. Uh, I mean I played tennis, but I just wasn't I was not sleek and fast. I was fat and slow. So <laughs> I loved when it would rain and we would get to stay inside during recess and that kind of stuff. There, I there's definitely something to like when it's a rainy day in LA. I'm like, oh, good, I don't feel bad about working, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, because <laughs> it's when it is so nice here so often, and then I just want to go to the beach all the time. Yeah. So you, I cut you off though, but you oh. were saying that you were into Phantom of the Opera. Oh yeah. Oh right. At the grade. dance. Yeah. yeah. I just like kind of sat by myself and was like trying to listen to Phantom of the Opera in my my head. Like I was just playing it in my head. <laughs> like I was like, I'm not. I think I was always anti whatever was cool. So if everybody thought the dance was cool, well then I was not going to like the dance, and I was going to do everything I could to like have a different experience. You know. Mm-hmm. But I remember that dance also realizing that school dances is where all the girls go into the bathroom to cry. <laughs> do, do you know what I'm saying? I don't know mm-hmm. if that happened at your school dances, but there were always girls crying in the bathroom. So I, I, I went to that and I went to the prom my senior year. And again, girls were crying in the bathroom. Who'd you go to prom with? This guy named Chris. And he, he was um, Tevya in Fiddler on the Roof. We were doing a high school production of Fiddler on the Roof. I was Grandma Zidal. And he asked me, he, he got down on his knee with a rose and asked me in front of the entire cast. He said, Ms. Makuchi, it would be an honor if you go to the prom with me. So I had to say yes. And I get, you know, looking back, I guess I'm glad I went. I was not planning on going, but, uh, it, you know, there's good stories out of it. We took a trolley. Like a bunch of kids thought, oh, this will be different. And mm-hmm. it was basically a bus dressed up like a trolley, you know, like somehow it was it was it was on a bus like you know and it broke down on the way there and you know it it was I think I think if I remember correctly he tried to kiss me and then I ran I just like (laughs) I ran into the house like thanks so much bye (laughs) when was your first kiss oh uh, 18 college I was a but it wasn't even a real it was like a kiss like this like quick (laughs) and then I didn't have another kiss until I was 22 I was a very late bloomer very very late bloomer which is in re- retrospect totally fine i guess but mm-hmm. well how did you feel about it at the time i used i was late bloomer too and i used to lie i used to say that i had lost my virginity oh really i hadn't yeah not i'm trying i don't think i ever lied to guys but to my friends i just didn't want you to didn't... admit it uh, my good friends knew but in college you mean or like you were yeah i'm 
trying to think in high school. I know that I know that I made in high school I made up <clears throat> I've never ever admitted this and I don't normally think about it. It's one of those things that like doesn't feel like part of my history, but it is. I I made up a guy that I was dating who did not live around here. That's amazing. <laughs> that is so good. His name was Steve. It's <laughs> a safe name. Yeah. There's a lot of Steve. That's totally good. Yeah. <laughs> Totally yeah, because believable. I just felt embarrassed. Like I, I wanted so badly to be a part of all that, but I just wasn't yet. And it yeah. was going to be a number of years until I was. I I totally, I understand that completely. But I I didn't feel, I never felt weird that I wasn't. I Again, it was sort of the anti, like if everyone's going to be dating and thinking that's cool, well, I'm going to be totally fine not doing that. Like mm-hmm. I, I protected myself in some weird twisted, you know, just kind of like where do you I'll think, do the other thing. Where do you think that came from? Like did you have... Did you admire people who were nonconformists? I no, no, I don't think so. I don't really, I don't, I don't know where it came from. I'm sure it was some sort of, you know, protection. Mm-hmm. I'd probably have to get into therapy and dig deep to figure it out. <laughs> I don't really know where it came from, but yeah, I, I remember, like, I was such a late bloomer. I remember uh, my my very first acting class that I took. I was 24, almost 25, and. Uh, the very like the first thing you had to do like as your as a new student you had to write your just write out what your favorite day would be and read that to the class that was that was the assignment so I remember like oh I got this like I totally know what my favorite day would be and I was like all my roommates we all wake up and we make pancakes and which was truly my favorite day and like and then we go down to the beach and we fly kites again like so sincere like I'm not kidding <laughs> like and then we go home and we watch I was really into those like um Chris Cunningham and Michelle Gondry uh, music video DVDs mm-hmm. that were out I was like and we watch a bunch of music videos like it was like everything was like super fun and light and then uh the, and I read it to the class thinking like I totally like that I just shared my absolute favorite day and then as I stayed in the class new kids came in and They'd be like every time it woke. It started with I just woke up with the most amazing, you know, like like <laughs> like we had crazy sex, and I would be like, wait, is that everyone's favorite day? Like I was like, let's have pancakes, guys. Like I just didn't know. I guess I didn't know what I was missing. It's probably good. I was just sort of like having a good time, but not realizing that there was this whole other thing out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. So I think going back to high school, I never felt like I didn't. I was never like, oh, I have to pretend there's you know, that I have a boyfriend or something. See, that's good. I don't know why I so desperately wanted to fit in, but I did. But Steve was awesome. Steve was great. (laughs) Steve was wonderful. I enjoyed skiing with him. That's how we met. (laughs) I have to hear Steve's backstory. Oh my gosh, please. This is amazing. You guys went skiing together? We we met at Brian Head, Utah where I had gone skiing and we skied together. Now, had you actually gone skiing there? So I had, you- oh, yeah. Nice. Okay, so that's a good, yeah. people knew you were there. <laughs> Established in fact, right? And but I re- out of state, I like it. I remember uh, <laughs> my friend Jody called and I don't know how I knew it was going to be her because this was before caller ID, but I remember this, was, I thought this was like the smoothest move. I answered it, Steve. And she's like, no, this is Jody. I'm like, oh, yeah, I was <laughs> a call from Steve. That's brilliant. Yeah, there really wasn't mo- much more backstory, though. There wasn't a lot. There, there was, we were young enough, because I think I was 13, that there wasn't a lot required. Just that, that there's a boy that I'm expecting to call from. That was enough. That's awesome. That's so cool. But when but I had my first kiss at... 16 or 17 your real kiss or your first imaginary kiss my first real one okay that was 
very awkward for me because I remember thinking, oh, I expected this to just come naturally and it is not coming naturally at all. I think I was so nervous that I was like pursing my lips and like, I don't know, I was like making fish, like fish lip. (laughs) I didn't know how to, I didn't know what I was doing. And then I remember on the phone, the guy's name was Peter being like, so have you had a lot of experience or something like he, it was so obvious to him, you know? Um, And I... (laughs) And I said something that I thought sounded cool, but it didn't. And I was like, oh, I mean, yeah, I've, like I've slobbered at guys on parties and stuff. But <laughs> <laughs> like as if that is how anyone would describe having had some makeout sessions. Slobbered on some guys. <laughs> it's so, it's so it's gross so- sounding and phony. <laughs> like a mule eating an apple. Yeah. <laughs> it really sounds like something out of like a teenage movie from like the 80s. Like, yes. You slobbered on that guy. Yeah. Slobbered on some guy. You know, I think that a, a friend of mine who I thought was cool, I think I had heard her refer to making out with guys that way which now makes me wonder if she was making it up as well. Right. Because I don't think – it's sort of like 40-year-old virgin. Like, I don't think anyone who's actually had experience with, with the opposite sex would describe anything that way. So yeah. anyway. Yeah, so it, it was all awkward for me. How was I, your first real one? First real kiss? I I think it was good. I don't know. It's uh, – yeah, I remember – I guess it was good. I think I was old enough that he thought that more things were going to happen. And I was like, whoa, 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 no. Like, I'm 23. I don't do that. You know? So I think I, I think maybe I freaked him out a little bit. And I think he freaked me out a bit. But, um, but yeah, I get, you know, it was like I, I had crushes all the time. Like, I always had crushes on guys all through school. And I just never really, yeah, I just didn't actually date. I felt, I guess crushes can be safe sometimes, mm-hmm. you know? I think. Totally. And I also think. They're they're safe until they like crush you. I guess they're called crushes for a reason. But um, but yeah, I I don't know. I I the guess I guess the, I don't really think about that too much. The first, yeah. I don't. Did you when you would form crushes? Did you tend to go for guys who were unavailable? Yeah, looking back, completely. Like I had a crush on like one of the most popular guys in sc- in high school, and I would like you know you you plan your day and like okay, I have a really cool flannel on today like so I'm gonna make sure I walk by I know he was gonna walk this you know after this class he walks this way I'll walk this way you know like I would do all of that kind of like you know mm-hmm. stupid planning and like I think I vicariously lived through like you know Claire Danes in my so-called life like oh yeah Angela Chase I was like oh yeah she because we that show came out the same we were the same age mm-hmm. in tv and, and in life so I was like oh that's cool that's that's what real people are doing <laughs> you know going to abandoned houses and losing their virginity <laughs> like I had it pretty bad for Jared Leto from that show. Yeah. He, Jordan Catalano. I know. he's. There's actually – I just saw a shirt that said I love Jordan Catalano, and I was like, that's a good shirt. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So high school, you graduate high school, and then did you go right away to the first of the three colleges? Yeah. And looking back, I probably should have taken some time off and figured out what I wanted, but, like, I didn't know what to do, and I don't think my parents really knew what to do, like, so... What did they do? Um, my, my dad's an electrician, and my mom is a piano teacher mm-hmm. and uh, in Nazareth, Pennsylvania, and they're awesome, and I think we actually... Were, I was just home last week, and we were talking about this. We were like, I guess I probably shouldn't have just, like, gone to college and tried it, because I wasn't ready. I found a photo... Um, when I was going through all my old stuff last week of my first day of college. And I've always looked younger than I was. And I think I, because of that, I think I always kind of acted younger when I, you know, like I, so I looked like I was 12, you know, (laughs) and I was 18 and I had these, um, (laughs) I had these overall shorts that were super baggy and I had a purple backpack and I had my Doug doll, like his 
face was sticking out of my backpack so he could breathe. <laughs> like, I am not kidding. And it and it's not – I wasn't trying to be funny. I wasn't trying to be, like, ironic or, like, cool. I It was just – it was very weirdly genuine. And so that's, like, kind of crazy to say. But I was just – yeah, I brought my Doug doll to college. And I remember, like, <laughs> you know, setting up at the dorm. And I was, I was like – heartbroken to leave my parents I did not want to go away to school and um but there was this cute guy helping me move in and you know helping like he was an older student that was volunteering and I remember like trying my best at like flirting with him thinking like oh he's you know like maybe you know mm-hmm. I showed up with a dog doll in my backpack there's no way he was ever gonna want to go like even like he probably had no idea and I'm sure my attempting of flirting was not anything but uh <laughs> but yeah I I like I guess it was good I got some classes out of the way that you know, like those boring like math and science and classes that really didn't matter to me. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, I then after one semester transferred to an art school where I felt like I was. I, so I was at a small campus of Penn State at first, mm-hmm. like a little offshoot that was tiny. Um, and then I went to this really cool tiny school and like past Scranton, Pennsylvania. So it was like this tiny place called Keystone College. And it's awesome. And it's really beautiful. And there's like a stream that runs through the the campus. And they just had an amazing art program. And so I, I really, like I got to dive into art. And that was, that made me feel a lot better. <laughs> so I think that was really where I was supposed to be. But it was only a two-year school. And I thought that I was going to be a toy designer. That was my, my plan. Mm-hmm. But then I started really getting into making puppets through that and doing a lot of sculpture and doing a lot of puppetry and performing and I'd always wanted to do more performing so I got confused I was like I don't know if I want to go and become a toy designer because the plan was to go to FIT in New York City Mm because they had a great toy design program and then I was like that's when my dad and mom were like why don't you just take some time off and think about it so that's when I went to Hawaii and what did you realize in Hawaii I it was like I had like a, an epiphany. I really – I actually – it was the first time being away from my parents. And even though I was with family, I was with my aunt and uncle and my grandpa. So it was still, again, safe. And I, I realized like, oh, I can be away from home. And I love the warm weather so much. And I really love being by water. Like I love having the access to the ocean mm-hmm. so quickly. So I decided to go to Loyola Marymount University. I transferred there. So on my way back from, from Hawaii, I stopped in LA and checked out LMU and like – I, this is going to sound so cheesy, but I, it's that feeling of like falling in love when you just like know. It mm-hmm. was like, I know this is the place for me. Like this is it. I had no question in my mind. So What was it about it? Um, I don't – you know, I don't know. It was just this feeling. Like it was, mm-hmm. it's a beautiful campus. I don't know if you guys have ever been to LMU, but it's yeah. up on the hill and it overlooks the whole city and you can see the ocean. You can see the mountains. And yeah, and I kind of always wanted to go to a Catholic university for some reason. I'm not really sure why. Are so, you Catholic? I, I was raised like – Catholic light, you know, um, I got, I got my, I made my communion and that was about it. But I think I love the tradition of it. And I love the, you know, I, I like, there's something that's really, uh, yeah, I think it is the tradition and the, it was before the scandal also. So I kind of just thought, I don't know. I, while I was at school, the scandal happened. So that was interesting. It was kind of opened my eyes to certain things, mm-hmm. but, um, but yeah, I, I just really, I had a great time there. It was kind of awesome. And you majored in fine art? Yeah, fine art. And I minored in theater. But I didn't really do performing classes. I took a lot of the, like, let's write about Chekhov or let's go see. I took a class called Theater in L.A. where every every week we went to see another play in Los Angeles. But Oh, wow. That's cool. As you know, in L.A., it's, there's, not a, like, there's not a lot of great theater. It's, <laughs> so it was really fun. I, I like, because some of the plays were awful. But, um, but it was fun. So the with being um hesitant to leave your parents did you feel 
Did you feel like they protected you or in some way did you protect them or like do you what do you, what do you think the what do you think that was? Um or is if if you still feel that way. I don't know. I think I think that I was very sheltered in a way, but like probably just my parents probably in some way were were keeping me safe, but at the same time they were always wanting me to go out with friends and wanting me to be more social. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, they were not keeping me, they were not keeping me at home going, you can't go out. It was the, it was just me going, nah, I'm good. I don't really want to go out. But, you know, I, I think, so I don't know. I don't know if it was just, my brother's very similar. I have a brother who's two years younger. So he's kind of the same. We were both, I think he was a little more social than me in high school, but we're, we're very similar. And, you know, he actually lives out in Los Angeles as well. So, um, yeah. Do you see him a lot? I don't, we don't see each other as much as, I would like since we live in the same town, but mm-hmm. I, we probably see each other like two or three times a month, maybe. Mm-hmm. He works at um, Nick Offerman's wood shop, actually. He's oh, cool. an amazing woodworker. So, yeah, I mean, you know, but we, you know, we got to see each other, other over the holidays and everything. But yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what, I have no idea why I always felt so like I didn't want to leave. Mm-hmm. But the weirdest thing is when I moved out to LA, I all of a sudden was like, oh, this, I feel fine. Like I didn't, I wasn't homesick at all. The first day I felt homesick was on Thanksgiving Day. I remember because I couldn't afford to go home and everybody had left the dorm and I was by myself and I was living, they put all the transfer kids in a airport hotel, which is <laughs> no longer there. So um, it's kind of on its real last leg. Um, I think eventually there was a murder that happened, not oh, among the students, but like at the, because the hotel was a working hotel and then they got all the students out of there. But this was um, 2001. And so, yeah, I was in this hotel by myself and everybody had left for the holiday. And then I remember I had my door open. I was about to order room service. And this girl, and I wish I could remember her name. I don't remember her name. But she was like, what are you doing here? And I was like, oh, I'm, I didn't go home. And she goes, no, okay, you're, you're celebrating Thanksgiving with me. And, and I didn't know. I mean, we lived on the same floor, but I didn't really know her. I, and uh, And sure enough, she's like, my uncle's coming to pick us up. I hopped in the car with her and her uncle. By the time I got to the house, there was a place setting with my name on it. And we had the best That's Thanksgiving. That's so nice. I remember we, we drove down to Torrance. It was and, <laughs> and we played we played games and it was just it was such a great Thanksgiving. And I wish I, I feel bad that I don't remember this girl's name, but I was so appreciative of it. You could give her a name now if you want. We would never know. Wanda, I had such a good time. <laughs> I know, I don't know. I yeah. But I and I also I didn't drive for my first year in Los Angeles. So I had a skateboard. I had a giant longboard. <laughs> and I would hitchhike, which is crazy. That is super crazy. Super crazy and stupid. I would never hitchhike even in Pennsylvania in a small town. And for some reason, I thought I thought if I was hitchhiking from school, it would be safe because there were mostly students and I just needed a ride. Because I was an art major and I didn't have a car. So carrying giant like canvases and things wasn't easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I stopped doing that because I was like, this is, this is a little dangerous. You were doing Uber before it was a real thing. Exactly. Did anything weird ever happen? The weirdest thing that happened was what stopped me from doing it because I... It was a Sunday, so it was kind of an empty campus, and I had so much to carry, and I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to walk all these blocks to the hotel. So I asked this guy for a ride, and he's like, get in. And I hop in the car, and he doesn't say a word to me the entire time. And it started to freak me out because I was like, this guy doesn't seem very friendly. Like, it's kind of got – it's got a weird vibe. And he dropped me off at the hotel, and he looked at me. He goes, don't you ever do that again. And I was like, oh, Okay, so I think he was just trying to scare me, and he totally did. <laughs> so I never hitchhiked again. Wow. Um, so, okay, so then you graduated Loyola, and then what did you do? 
then I, I had a year of kind of like babysitting and teaching piano, just trying to make money. And it, it's hard. You know, college is great, but college does not prepare you for the real life of after college, you know? I had the, I, I had a really rude awakening Where when I graduated. Where did you go? I went to Pomona College. Okay. It's, a, it's one of the Claremont Colleges, small liberal arts college. Um, And I loved, I loved it. I loved my four years there. I sort of had that experience that you had when you first fell in love with Loyola when I went to Pomona. Because um, I thought I wanted to go to Reed College up in Portland. Okay. And then I went there and I, sp- I spent a week in there and I, everyone seemed unhappy um, and then at my mom's like insistence, I looked at Pomona cause I'd never heard of it. And I'm like, I'm not going to a college called Pomona that I've never heard of. That's an hour away from home. <laughs> I need to get further away. Um, but I went there and I just, everyone was nice and it seemed fun and they seemed happy and it was lighthearted. And yeah, I just, the campus was pretty and I just fell in love with it. But when I graduated, I realized like, I have no I'm I'm paralyzed by I don't know how to move forward because there's too many choices like do I figure out who I want to live with and go there and find a job do I find a job and go to that let the job like I couldn't figure out what dictates the next step and somehow so many of my friends already had jobs lined up because they were um, like econ or politics majors I was an English major I hadn't I just figured it would all work out right which it doesn't no I mean it does eventually all work out but not in the way that I thought it would well I kind of think school does that to you yeah. I think that starting in high school they kind of let you believe that what you study in college you will then get a job in and you're it's crazy right I think so it makes sense that you thought you were going to have some job with an English degree yeah I, I just I mean technically kind of I guess like it all comes in handy right I guess yeah I I, I mean, I'm I'm sort of of the mind that, like, it doesn't really matter what you study. It's just that you studied it, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. For me, I feel like college was learning how to do my own laundry and, you know, like, learning, like, learning how to date or, le- you know, like, that right. kind of stuff and, like, being on my own, going to the store and buying stuff on my own. Like, I needed it for that, for those purposes. Right, like know? an incubation period where you're not living with your parents, but you're not on your own yeah. totally yet. And that was also a great thing about moving to L.A. because – I think moving to LA after college is maybe a bit harder, but you already have like this built-in social group. So it was a little bit safer, Mm -hmm. but I don't like, they don't, college should have a class about like, Hey, you're probably going to get pretty bummed out when you're, when you're done here. Yes. You have been in school since you were three and now you're not going to be in school. So like, how do you feel your days? Like I remember wandering around, like I'd go to the library and like just pick out some CDs. Like I didn't know what to do. Yeah, and how I I felt like not only how do you feel, like how do you fill your days, but how do you find meaning? I know that sounds so existential for yeah. someone who had just graduated. Well, that's I guess when you deal with all those existential things is when you're when you're that age. Um, but yeah, to suddenly be out in the world and no one really cares if I do well on this or that. Or I realized that so much of my so much meaning for me had just been having an authority figure give me grades. Yeah. Like that had been all I knew. And assignments, I think. Yes. Because I thrive on assignments and still to this day, like if I'm given assignment, I go and I'll work so hard. But like I think sometimes I'm like, well, well if I don't have the assignment given to me, I, it was really hard for me to learn how to give myself those Yes. You know, those things to do. Yeah. It was hard for me to choose to do the difficult thing. I realized that what makes me happy is – independence like away from my parents 
um, and competition. Like I love that, but it's hard to choose anything like that because yeah. I'm, a, I'm also really lazy and I just want to sit around. <laughs> I thrive on competition. I love contests. Like when I was a kid, I was obsessed with radio contests and like I coloring con any kind of contest. And like, you know, I just, I love, I think that's why I loved commercial auditions so much. Cause they felt like contests to me because they're really, it's so much of like, there's so it's a crapshoot most of the time. Mm. So it felt like a contest. And so, yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I don't, I wish colleges would offer something for, for students to, or just like the reality of like trying to figure out. And also in your early twenties, like it's so confusing. Like it's such a confusing time. And yeah. And I, I also had this thing. I don't know if you felt this way where like I was so poor and I, so I figured I always had to work, you know, whether it was babysitting or whatever I was, you know, I was always had these little odd jobs. I had a lot of, like I taught sandcastle building. I was making masks. I was doing like any kind of odd job. And, um, I think, there, there was like a thing in, in me that didn't allow me to have fun because mm. I was like, oh, I can't go out and have a good time or, I, oh, I can't take a day off because I have to pay rent. And so I always felt this pressure to like not, you know, not go out and, and you know, I wouldn't, I lived right by the beach and I wouldn't even go because I thought, oh, no. Like I'm you're better. punishing yourself. Yeah. yeah I, I went through um, a period of that in New York when I was, I went freelance. I'd worked in magazines. It was a little bit later in my life, but I worked in magazines. Then I went freelance. The first year was great. And I was like, I should have done this sooner. And the next year was not good. Um, and I feel like I spent all my time just pacing my apartment, worried about money. And I couldn't allow myself to relax because I was too nervous. I felt like this is like my penance for being this poor is just, you will not have any fun. Yeah. I did the same. Yeah. It's paralyzing. Yeah. And it really can weigh on you. I, I like, I remember. Like, yeah, I mean, I remember just being so, so poor and feeling like I don't know how I'm going, like working very hard also. Like, so it's like, like still not knowing how I was going to make my rent. And it's a, it's a hard time. I mean, I know so many people go through it, but it's, it's a really sucky time, you know? So how and when did things turn around for you? Um, well, I, I guess two years after graduating, I started auditioning for commercials and I wouldn't say like life turned around. Like I had many years of trying to you know, still pay rent. And and but, were, you, were you pursuing performing as your main thing at this point? I think, yeah. I mean, my, in my mind, I think I was, but I was also kind of like shy to tell people I wanted mm-hmm. to be an actress. It's a weird thing to say, you know, like it's a weird, especially when you haven't done anything. Right. So aside from like grandma's idol in the high school musical, but like, <laughs> I feel like it's a weird thing. I don't know. It's, it's a, it, it felt, I was, I was embarrassed by it. I don't know why I, but, I uh, can imagine it feeling vulnerable to admit that yeah. in a town where where everyone wants, like oh that's yeah everyone does or whatever totally so I was I was babysitting a ton and this one family that I babysat for in Venice they're really cool and neither of them were in like the entertainment business but their neighbor was a casting director for commercials and I mentioned to the mom of the family I babysat for I was like I I really want to do commercials and it was it was kind of just around the time where like commercials got started like. The word quirky is – I don't know how I feel about that word, but it was – it turned quirky. <laughs> like it went from like really hot people to like – Flow. Yeah. Like it was – yeah, yeah. Like just quirkier kind of style. Characters, and, yeah, yeah. And and I – it was right right at this time and I was like I really – I also had wanted, been wanting to do it for a while. So I told my – the lady I babysat for that I wanted to get into it and she goes, oh my gosh, that's amazing. My next door neighbor is a, is a casting director. You should talk to her. And um, this woman, she worked at um, like a pharmaceutical place. So she gave me a piece of paper off like one of those like 
prescription like, pad. Yeah, but it wasn't. It was just like it was just like an advertisement pad uh-huh. for for baby diarrhea medicine. <laughs> <laughs> and so I wrote this note to this casting director, Mary Claire. I said, "Dear Mary Claire, I babysit for your neighbors, and I would love to talk to you about um, getting into acting." And I left my number and I put it in her mailbox and she called me the next day and she said, come on to my office. I want, I would love to talk with you. She was so nice. So awesome. Just the coolest and was very helpful. And she led me to a, um, to an agency, a a commercial agent. And so I showed up there again, nothing on my resume. And, um, and so he was really nice, but he was like, look, I, you know, I don't, I don't have anything to like say. I, I, he's like, you have to go out and do some stuff and then maybe come back. And, uh, and I was like, well, can I just like read for you? Like, can I like audition or something? Cause I also, by the way, was living in the Palisades at the time. That's a whole other story. And so driving in my like almost working car to Hollywood seemed like, <laughs> it seemed like forever. So I was like, I've driven all this way. Please, will you let me, you know, just read. So he handed me a Burger King commercial. And I remember I went back into the waiting room and I like looked at it and I studied it. And then I was like, okay, I'm ready. And I went in and I, I read for him and he said, okay. He was like, all right, I'll, I'll send you out. I'm not, we'll see what happens. I love that you didn't just take no for an answer because I would have been like, okay, sorry, bye. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can be – sometimes I can be a little bit like, I don't know, not tough, but like I'll be like, I drove all this way, man. Please give me a shot. Yeah. You know? Was it that he felt like – was he worried that you wouldn't be able to pull it off because you didn't have train? But you had training. Um. Oh, well, I only from taking my acting classes in college, I guess, yeah. at this point. I hadn't taken any real acting classes. But uh, but you sold him with the Burger King. Raid. I sold him with the Burger King. Raid. Yeah, and uh, and he sent me out in the first audition. I didn't. I got a callback, so I didn't get it. But I think he th- thought, oh, okay. And then the second audition, I got. That's awesome. So what was it? It was for MoviePhone dot com, and it was a it was a commercial that played before the movie started. And I was eating a candy bar, mm-hmm. and it and there was a voiceover that was like, I wish there was more MoviePhone dot com in this candy bar, and. <laughs> It wasn't me. The voice wasn't me. Uh, but it was just me. It was just me silently eating a chocolate bar. But this is a kind of crazy story. So I, I get the part or I get the job and I'm so excited. And I show up to set and there's another girl and we're both being cast in the same spot. So they couldn't decide who they wanted. So they cast both of us and they shot both of us. And then they were going to pick later. Which That's so weird. I've never heard. I mean, I'm sure that I mean, I had never heard of this happening yeah. again. I was brand new. And so I was like, okay, all right. And so this competition, girl, yeah, again, a contest. <laughs> and this girl was very nice, but she'd also done a bunch of things. So I thought, oh, she has so much experience. And um, I remember we shot in like Van Nuys, and I was in a really hot car, and she went first. And it was such a hot day, and her candy bar melted in the funniest way that everybody at the monitors they were laughing so hard. And I was like, oh man, this girl just her her candy bar melted. Oh, this is like. <laughs> She's got the part, no doubt. And then I went in and my candy bar did not melt. And, you know, I did my thing. And I still like I still was like on cloud nine. I was like, I couldn't believe, you know, just like being on a set for the first time was so exciting. And um, and then they never told us like who got it. But they did say that it was going to air on one of those like AFI list shows. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, yeah, this spot is going to air once on TV. And then once that's over, it's going to be in the movie theaters. So. I remember telling my mom because she was three hours ahead. I was like, watch this AFI show. And if you see this commercial with a candy bar, like if it's another girl, I didn't get the part. But if it's me, 
let me know. And I'll never forget. I was driving and I get a call from my mom and she's freaking out. You were just on the team. <laughs> and so it was so exciting. And like, it's so funny to think that they didn't really tell us, but it was it was a buyout. So it wasn't like, you know, I think I made $500 and then it played in movie theaters for a very long time. But it was cool. I mean, it was just pretty exciting. That was that was my first job. And then so then after that, I did a bunch of commercials. It was mm-hmm. like I had a kind of lucky time i so like to the point where i was like why doesn't everyone do this it's kind of easy like you go in <laughs> you rate a couple lines you go back for the callback and then like like it was just i was not getting all of the auditions but doing but well and then all of a sudden i hit a wall where it was not going well and i don't know if it was just that i had done a lot at once or something but then it got hard for a bunch of years so i i think it was you know if beginner's luck or something but do you did something – did you lose confidence or do you think it's just that all of a sudden people changed what they wanted? I – you know, I don't know. I, I remember it's, it's got to a point where I would go in and they'd be like, oh, you're the, the girl from that or you're the mm. – so I think maybe they were – the casting people were recognizing me from other spots. I'm not really sure. Maybe – I don't know. Maybe I got a little bit jaded or maybe – I don't know. I who knows? Maybe I I don't know what happened, but it got hard for a while. Mm-hmm. So and all this time I was still teaching piano and babysitting and, you know, working because even though even though I did a bunch of commercials, it wasn't like I was, you know, able to just live off of that. So or I mean, I guess I probably could have for a year or two and then it got hard. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Did that freak you out? Yeah. But I don't think I never was like I never sat back and I was like, ah, this is the life. Like it was always it was still always hard. So I mean, I was so thrilled to be working, but I I never allowed myself to just sit back and go, this is going well. Right. Speaking of money and goals, Betterment is the largest and fastest growing automated investing service, managing over $3 billion for over 100,000 customers. They help people manage and grow their wealth through smarter technology for a fraction of the cost of traditional financial services. So I love this. They They are making something available to you that in the past you would have had to pay a buttload for. Um, Betterment offers exceptional customer service and great advice, helping you make better financial decisions, invest for your personal goals, and stay on track for retirement. Kate, are you on track for retirement? I don't think I am. I don't know. I <laughs> Maybe my accountant would know. <laughs> Check out Betterment. They will get you on track for retirement and you can you can set other goals and they totally help you with all your financial goals. Um, the technology automates everything from rebalancing and tax efficient investing to deposits and personalized advice. So get up to six months of automated investing free and more information when you go to betterment.com slash Allison. That's betterment, B-E-T-T-E-R-M-E-N-T.com slash Allison. Betterment, investing made better. And if for no other reason, go to the website just to see how young the CEO and the COO are. I don't know if they're actually that young. They just look young. They're young and they're fresh faced. It's all that money. Okay. So you hit, hit a wall for a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, then what happened? Well, I say, I guess I hit a wall with, with commercials, but about a year into doing the commercials, I was like, oh, this is going okay. Like I should maybe try out for some TV spots. So I remember meeting um, a casting director uh, and Scott David actually, he, he's awesome. And he, he said, Oh, you should go to this agency and check it out. And so I went there and I was like, I haven't done any TV, but I would like to. And, you know, I think I had a reel of like some of my commercial spots. So they, I, they sent me out and I really wanted to do a sitcom. That was like my dream. It's my favorite thing to do still. And, uh, 
and I went in my first – here's the thing. I, I'm telling you this stuff, and it's making it sound like, oh, it was so easy. It really – I don't mean – but my first commercial – I mean, my first audition was uh, for a sitcom, and it was two lines um, for a show called Four Kings. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went in, and I got it. And I went to the table read, and that went well. And then they just kept writing me in. So it was awesome. So I did I did half a season on the show. And then when the show aired, I think they aired four of the episodes and then canceled it. But it was a great first experience. And I love I love doing sitcoms. I love the studio audience. And it was just this awesome, like, it was a co- cool opportunity. And that was, that was a year after I was doing commercials. But I was always doing commercials as well, or, or at least trying to mm-hmm. do those. So, yeah, I mean, and then I, I just did small parts for a long time. And I haven't, like, I feel like every year for me, I've been acting for 10 years now. So it's been, like, every year is just a tiny bit more and a tiny bit more. It's never been, like, oh, my goodness, you know. Just, <laughs> uh, maybe that's great. I You know, like, I feel like it's been – it's a whole lot of hard work, you know. But it's not – um, but it's it's fun, and I feel like it's just been a slight climb every year is a little bit – and that's nice, I guess, you know. I mean – I, I don't know. I, I guess it's just been my experience. Everybody has such a different story, you know? Mm-hmm. So I was reading that um, – I know that Doug Benson introduced you yeah. and Ricky. And that you guys were – this may have been from your Reddit AMA um, – that you guys were friends for like a year, bef- right? And you would meet at California Pizza Kitchen, yeah. is that right? And write your goals on napkins together. This and then you realized true. that you had similar goals. I. It's it's so funny. I actually still have some of the goals in my – I carry them with me still. We oh, ha- you, you know have what? to get them out. It's funny because I – Ricky and I really should go to California Pizza Kitchen again. We haven't <laughs> been in a while. We haven't done the goal thing in a while. But we when we first met, we met through Doug at Upright Citizens Brigade and we were just going to see his show. We were not performing at UCB yet. Um, I mean we didn't exist as a group yet. <laughs> we didn't know each other. But, uh, but Doug – it's so funny that we met in the lobby there and then that became our home for such a long time. But – yeah, we both knew Doug, and we went to go see uh, Doug Benson Interruption. And I knew Ricky from commercial auditions because she kind of had a similar uh, experience where she, we were kind of doing kind of the quirky mm-hmm. girls. Like we always say, we were always going out for like elves and aliens, like anything <laughs> with big eyes. Um, and so I, I, I went up to her and I was like, "Hey, I, I know you." And and because we we always tell a story that we were both on dates that we were not enjoying. And so, mm-hmm. um, and so I was like, oh, anyone to talk to? Oh, this girl. And we just totally hit it off. And then after the show, Doug was like, do you guys want to go hang out? So we went to La Poubelle and we all sat at this table. And I just like – I just really – you know when you just meet someone and you feel that like – you know, it's like it's like – you fall in love or you can fall in love with a friend too. You're just like, you know, there's something there. Mm-hmm. Like I felt that way about Ricky where I just, when we, I just knew there was something and I didn't know what, but I kept thinking about her. Like the next day I was like, there's some, I feel like I'm going to know this person. So I was like really excited to meet a new friend. And we just became like, you know, once in a while we'd get lunch or we'd go to, she'd have game nights at her house. It wasn't like we were hanging out all the time. It was, you know, just a once in a while kind of friendship. And then, um, and then during the writer's strike, uh, Ricky wrote a short that she wanted to turn into a musical and she had seen at around this time I started doing um performances at the um Steve Allen Theater. I was doing a solo show there with songs and stories and puppets and it was a cool show. It was called Playing with Makuchi. And that was the dirtiest <laughs> thing was the title. It was like any kid could come and watch it and it was totally fine. There was no nothing dirty. Um and then uh yeah, so Ricky had seen me performing and so she was like, "Would you want to write this musical?" And so we wrote a couple songs together and it just was 
felt so good and it happened so easily. And I always say, like, in the beginning when something's right, like, it kind of happens and then all of a sudden it gets hard. But mm-hmm. for that, the first few months, we were just like, things. Well, actually, what happened was we made these songs and Ricky recorded us singing them on her couch just so her mom and dad could see them. So she put them on YouTube and YouTube was still new. So, like, there wasn't a whole lot on there yet and people found them. But mm-hmm. Ricky had gone. We made this short and right away Ricky left to go do a movie and she was gone for three months. And while she was gone, I got a movie and I was gone for three months. So when we kind of came back together, I remember her calling me and saying, you know what? People are watching these videos. And I was so embarrassed. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, people are watching this. This is like because I felt like I don't know. I was fine with her parents seeing it. It was but, raw. Yeah. yeah and uh, so that when we got back into town. Uh, we were like, oh, maybe we should write some more songs. And then right at the same time, I was cast on Scrubs. And Bill Lawrence, um, the creator, had seen uh, those songs. And one of the songs is Fuck You, which is... uh, We can swear, right? Yes. Okay, good. Um, Which is a a sweet Fuck You love song. And he was like, I'd love to turn that into Screw You. And we could put that on Scrubs. Actually, we didn't know what we were going to turn it into. And I have this amazing email from ABC with like options of options for the word fuck. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, it's like a really funny email. But what we, were their suggestions? I remember, I remember one was nail. <laughs> no, or you couldn't use nail. There was words you could use and couldn't. Yeah. Oh gosh, I don't remember. I'd have to go back. But na- nail was on there. Actually, I think nail was not allowed. But um, but yeah. So we we uh, used the song in Scrubs. Um, it was a love story between me and Ted, the lawyer, and we sang that together. And so people found our band through that well, i say band it's just the two of us but you know mm-hmm. so um so that all kind of happened right around the same time and then we were like we should keep writing we should we should maybe do a live show you know so yeah it was cool we we kind of in the beginning our first hour we we didn't know anything we didn't know any better we so we were like let's just do an hour show we did not have an hour's worth of material <laughs> and so like <laughs> we sang a couple of our songs and then i had some solo songs so ricky would sit on the side of the stage and listen to me sing and then ricky had some solo songs so i'd sit on the side of the stage <laughs> like we were just filling time you know but that first show was amazing and really fun and um yeah we just kind of kept kept at it you know was that at ucb that was at the fake gallery do you remember that place down on melrose Mm-mm. it was a really cool little theater it's um i don't think it's any there any longer but um it was cool it was a great a great first spot and it was ricky's birthday so mm-hmm. basically it was packed because that was like her birthday party <laughs> so we sold out our first show <laughs> so so many questions um do you remember what the goals were that you wrote on napkins I, you know what? Do you want me to look? Yes. I mean, this is probably a later napkin. I'm, I truly haven't looked at this napkin in forever. Oh, good. Okay. It's a big reveal for for all parties involved. But yeah, we would – I mean, I, I I think we both – Ricky and I are really similar in the way, like, we practice and, like, our work, work, ec, work, work ethic. ethic. And, oh, my gosh. <sighs> okay. This, I wish I had this. I wish I had a date on this because this is this is definitely – it says GNO in a box on the top. GNO goals. Okay. <laughs> this is pretty great. Um, oh, well, yeah. All right. So make a TV show, which we did. Write a musical. Um, put it up in LA and then on Broadway, which we haven't done yet. So we still have to do that one. Um, record new album, which we did. Finish the other album, which we did because <laughs> this is a long time ago. Do late night TV. We did that. Make books. Um, that would be, I have a lot of books. I just haven't published any of them. So I guess I should still do that and do one hour special, which right now we are editing. So, so some of these took a really long time. Some of them haven't happened. Time for a new napkin then. Yeah. Right. But, uh, 
oh, there's a little box in front of each one. So you can do check. like a little check mark. But I never <laughs> checked them off. But I would say this is probably four years old. I, I love that. Yeah. Um, so you said that at the beginning it was really easy um, before things got difficult with Ricky or with, with Garfunkel. And yeah. Like, and when I say easy, like we were still working. We worked really hard, but it was like it, the things that were opening up for us were like, you know, just the opportunities. I, so, yeah, saying really easy probably is not the right thing, but but it was it was like there was momentum. There was there was something happening where where the universe kept like sending us cool opportunities and we were just going for it. And did. And then did that stop at a certain point? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think we, we keep always forward motion, you know? So, but I do think there were many times where it felt like we were in mud, you know? But, um, but yeah, I think, I think that there was just that initial push that kind of got us out there, you know, whatever that was, I'm really grateful for it. Cause I wasn't sure, like, you know, I didn't, I didn't swear in life. Like I didn't say any swear words. So we started singing these songs that are dirty and then I was like oh my gosh like is this what I'm supposed to oh my gosh I just said gosh <laughs> but like is this what we're supposed am I supposed to be doing this is this the path I should be on but I couldn't it was because it just kept happening and did, it was really cool did you feel like it was wrong to use swear words no I just I think it was sort of again with the like everybody swears but I'm not gonna swear you know like I just think I was I don't know a goody two-shoes and maybe trying too hard not to be you know now I swear but it's you know, you start singing things and then you can just say them easily. <laughs> in general, do you write the sweeter songs and Ricky writes the more dirty ones? Or like, how does it? Yeah. I mean, I think in the beginning, I, all of my solo songs were like, I had like four songs about my dog, two songs about the moon. Like, <laughs> like, and then Ricky, Ricky's songs were definitely on the dirtier side. But when we combine forces... I think, yeah, Ricky has like a really like her joke writing is so she's she's really the word person mm -hmm. and I'm more the melody person. But we but we also cross over. And so like there might be something sweet that I add or, you know, not to say that she will also add sweet things, but I think we balance each out each other out in that way. So, yeah, I think I think it. You know, when we combined forces, there was just something that happened. You couldn't deny it. And the weird thing is we actually met when we were kids, but we didn't know it until... Oh, really? We were at the same music camp in 1990. That's so cool. Yeah. But we didn't we didn't know until later when we were like, you went to that music camp? I went to that music camp and we figured that out. <laughs> so, Oh, how cool. Um, so I don't know if you Google yourself very often, but I, I found <laughs> this amazing article oh, on Wikipicky. Okay. Uh, and I'm just going to read the last two paragraphs of it. <laughs> she is an average tall woman with the height of five feet, two inches. She has maintained her perfect body measurements of 34, 26, 36. Everyone is flattered by her hot body figure with long and sexy legs. She would definitely look resistless in bikini. She regularly uploads pictures in Instagram to be in touch with her supporters. She has many followers of different ethnicity from around the world in Twitter. Her detailed biography can be found in wiki websites like Wikipedia. She is not married yet, which concludes she does not have husband or children. There is no chance of divorce, too. She is not dating anyone, nor has boyfriend right now. She has the net worth of $500,000. Oh my goodness. I just learned more about myself than I even knew. That is so funny. I wonder who wrote that. And what language it was written in yeah, originally. I didn't even know my measurements. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's That's see. really funny. It, but it's got Keystone College in Laughlin, yeah. Pennsylvania, received an AA right. in fine arts, completed BA in studio art from Loyola Marymount in 2003. 
Um, she's actively involved in the acting field since 2001 and has been featured in it. See that there's nothing funny in this because it's just kind yeah. of biographical. That's really well. So some of that's right. Yeah, I, think. I mean, <laughs> I'm not married, and there's no chance of divorce as of now. <laughs> right. And you're resistless in bikini. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I um. Well, thank you, whoever wrote that. <laughs> so. You still look quite a bit younger than you are. I, I, I think. I, I, don't, I guess. I don't know. I feel like I might be like starting to look my age. I don't know. I'm 30. I'll be 36 in a month. What so. is the youngest you've played? Um. Well, I don't. I mean, I guess. I mean, now I don't know. I've been mostly. The roles I've been playing lately have been mid 30s. So. Oh. Um, so, yeah. I mean, when I was. When I first started acting, when I was 25, 26, I was often playing teenagers. So like yeah I but I yeah now I've pretty much been playing my age I think I I I don't know I don't I I don't know how old I look anymore I feel like yeah I feel like it's catching up to me but <laughs> so, but that's okay I used to take a lot of naps and I don't anymore so I feel like my naps were my secret <laughs> Why no more naps Just not as much time you know I I love napping though oh it's the best I've only recently discovered really napping like getting under the covers in the daytime because yeah. in the past if I was gonna take a little snooze I would just lay on top of the covers I don't know why like I'm a very I'm a pretty messy disorganized person but I always make my bed and it's like it's I, I have to make it right away in the morning um it's the one bit of like order in my, in my disorder so life yeah. but I do but just lately I've started getting if I if I feel tired I'll get under the covers and it's so nice and there's something so awesome about like that 20 minute power nap. You just feel just like the best. It's like it's better than a cup of coffee. <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've been such a power nap guy since I quit the other place last mm -hmm. year. It's it's the best thing ever. And now when it's my when it's my nap time, when it's time <laughs> to put baby down for a nap, it's like somebody shot me with a rhino blow dart. Like that time comes around and it's just I'm I'm inconsolable. I must pass out. Do you but get under the covers? I don't. I nap on the sofa mm. with me TV on always. So I sleep in bed, but nap on the sofa. With your cat? Of course. <laughs> yeah. They, he like, he does circles around me when he sees I'm coming in for a nap. Aww. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. That's, you have two cats though. <laughs> yes. Are they friends? Yeah. Yeah. They were like super in love when I first got them. One I, eats the other one's barf. Yeah. Whoa. But I, it's okay. nature's way. That's I, I just wouldn't want to then get kissed by your cat. But do cats like dogs give kisses? I don't know if cats give kisses so much. Oh, Chuck does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, what, does, does he lick your face? No, but he'll lick he'll lick my hair. Like he'll rub his chin on my chin, and then if he comes up behind me on the sofa, he'll like groom my hair. Oh, it's very cute. I I love when animals love each other and they're just so sweet together. It's like the cutest thing. Yeah, they used to lay on top of each other and just groom each other. It was. Just making out. Have That's you seen Osiris and Riff? No, it's what's an Instagram this? account. You must follow it. Osiris is a rat, and Riff or Riff, I forget. One's a big dog, and one is a rat, and, they and they're out? buddies. Yes, and it's so cute. And I look at it, and I think, I mean, you would think that the rat would not be safe in this situation, but they're they're buddies. It's super cute. I'll I'll have to look. How do you spell Osiris? O s i r i s. I will type this in. I just, it's funny because rats are really cute, but then again, you see them in the subway and they're so they're nice. So, yeah. They're so ratty. Yeah. I don't, yeah. In general, I don't find them that cute, but, um, but this one's kind of cute. the one of, with the teddy bears, 
like the rats holding teddy bears. Have you seen that? Oh, oh yeah, I think I have. That's yeah. pretty cute. Let's take some questions over Twitter. All right. When we ask, they send them in. They're wondering how you have been. So thanks so much for answering these questions from our fans. All right. Laura Craycraft says, ask her to say candid camera. And how was it working with Jason Siegel? Do you get that? Candid Because I don't get it. I don't know what it's referenced oh, to. Oh, 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 it took me a second. I was like, I was never on Candid Camera. Um, I did an episode of How I Met Your Mother. Ah. Uh, and in it, my character says something about being on Candid Camera. I don't remember what it is. Like, she keeps faking out um, Jason and Allison's characters want to get married, and she's trying to give them the license. Or they want to get the license from my character. And I keep, like, faking them out. It's like, I keep saying, like, is what I would say if, you know, and then it's like it kept turning. But... Yeah, there's something about candid camera in there. I don't remember. I wish I remember. I'm sorry, but candid camera. <laughs> <laughs> and how was it working with Jason Siegel? Oh, I loved. He's the, he's so sweet. I don't. I I think he's so talented too. I have to see his new movie that came out. Have you seen that one? Mm-mm. I hear he's amazing in it. But um, but he's wonderful. And I also love he loves puppets. I was gonna say you guys have yeah. the puppet. Thing we we talked about a lot. We talked a lot about puppets that day, and I've known him throughout the years a bit. Actually, just saw him in New York not long ago. Just randomly, I was running to the airport, and I was like, "What's up?" And that was about it. <laughs> so. I met his sister. Oh, really? Do, do you know her? No. I met her for the first time last night. We bonded because she's an Allison with one L as oh, well. Okay. She goes by Allie, but yeah. Um, and when you like, she doesn't initially look like him, but then after talking to her and smiling, it's like, oh, she totally does. I can totally see the resemblance. Um, okay, Shauna Freeman says, how did you get involved with the PBS kids show Nature Cat? Such a talented cast. My five-year-old loves Daisy. Oh, thank you. Um, Nature Cat, they, I was, they, they offered me the part. I was, and I was so, I, I love, I love doing voiceover. And um, yeah, so I, I, they called and said, are you interested in doing the show? And it has a really amazing cast. It's all mostly Saturday Night Live performers, Taryn Killam and Kate McKinnon, Bobby Moynihan. Um, and so, yeah, I, I was super excited to be in it and I play a little rabbit named Daisy and it just premiered in November. So yeah, thank you for watching it. Leanne Ward says, how did Garfunkel and Oates end up writing If I Didn't Have You for Big Bang Theory? Oh yeah, that was, oh, I'm so, I love that song. Um, it's weird. Is that weird to say? Oh, we wrote that. I love that song. We wrote. No, I don't because you wrote that. it with someone else, so well, you can, yeah, you can say that. <laughs> but I think also it got performed. It, Simon performed it on the show, and he did such an amazing job. And it was like he turned it in. It was, he just really felt it. He's such a great actor, and he's an amazing musician. Um, but yeah, the producers knew me from having been on Big Bang Theory, and they knew that. I wrote music and they're like, would you be interested in maybe writing this song for this episode? So, so yeah, Ricky and I wrote it and it was really cool because we got to go and be a part of like, we were on set while they were rehearsing and we were there when they recorded it. And it was really special. Like, I don't know. I, that song is very, it's very touching. He's singing it to his wife who's in the hospital. And um, yeah, that was, that was just a pretty exciting opportunity. Do you have a favorite Garfunkel note song? Alison Rosen asks, do you have a favorite Garfunkel note song? Um, you know, it's funny because like I, I have favorite ones that I like to perform when we're performing live. Like I really love performing the college try, which is about Ricky's um, bisexual phase in college. But <laughs> we just we discuss like how um it gets into like basically that we think vaginas are very gross and we say all the things that 
you know that we think they look like and uh and we freak out and and it's really fun to like have that on stage freak out so that's one of my favorite ones to perform i think that that is probably the genesis of the question from john Reck: is her vagina really like an unshucked ear of corn actually that's a different vagina oh. reference <laughs> <laughs> um that was when we used to sing the go-kart racing song ricky Ricky would say that my vagina was like an unshucked ear of corn. And um, yeah, I don't, it always got a good laugh. So I was okay with it. <laughs> so anyway, you were saying um, that you have favorite ones to perform live. Yeah. I mean, I really love doing that one live and um, pregnant women are smug. There's like some like fun banter back and forth on that. So that's always fun to do. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I really like some of our more serious songs that we don't perform as much, but like we have a song Rainbow Connections which is a, a song for gay weddings. And it's kind of cool because it's already a bit outdated now that it's legal. So it's right. so happy it's outdated. But um, but yeah, I love that song. And um, Such a Loser is another uh, kind of more serious song, but I really like that one of ours. And what's the – there's one that I remember watching, and it just hit me at a certain time. And I was like, I'm going to uh, – I'm going to cry. Um, My apartment is so lonely oh, without you. Oh, my apartment's very clean without you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, thanks. That's a really pretty song too that was – uh, written after Ricky's breakup. But yeah, I mean, we write from true stories. But, but you don't really do the, the serious ones live? No. Is when, it because people don't, like, do they not know how to take it? Well, also, usually we're playing, most of the time, in the past, mostly we're doing comedy clubs. So I feel like people are coming to see a certain show. But when we, we toured last year, we did a lot more theaters. And so I'm sure we could have gotten away with it a little more. Mm-hmm. But um, for the most part, we just stick to the funny ones. I think... Truly, they're also more fun to sing. You know, it's just keep it light and keep yeah. it moving. Because I think if you sing a serious one, it can maybe kill it depending on the, you know, the room. Uh, Roger Arnold says, does Kate have a Martin ukulele since she is from Nazareth, home of the Martin factory? I do have a Martin ukulele. I have a bunch of them, actually. Um, yeah, so Martin Guitar is right down the street from where I grew up. And it was always kind of like one of the big factories in the town. I didn't know how cool that was. And then I moved to LA and I became friends with so many musicians. And then it was like, oh, I that's really cool, you know, and realizing how important Martin guitars are. Um, so yeah, I, I have a Martin ukulele that I tour with and I have a couple different ones that I keep around to, you know, ride on or rehearse. But yeah, I'm proud. I'm proud to be from there. John Hawtrey says, any chance of Garfunkel and Oates TV show being picked up by Netflix? Best show. Oh, man, that'd be so cool if it <laughs> happened. But uh, as of now, no, I don't think, you know, Ricky right now is working on their starting season two of another period. And um, yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe someday that could happen. But that would be pretty great. But right now there's no season two. Now, how do you feel about her uh, being paired up with another petite brunette isn't that funny i know i think i mean i guess ricky has a type (laughs) but um i mean it's totally cool i really love natasha and um i think that what they're making is really funny it's Mm. so it's so good so um yeah i mean i'm all for it i think yeah i mean we we all hang out we're it's we're all friends kirk d says how can you stand being so cute (laughs) i don't know i don't how do i answer that one i'm not i'm not not that cute i don't know (laughs) um Let's see. <laughs> Kevin Douglas says, what actor would she like to play opposite in a romantic comedy? Oh, oh. Um, gosh, that's a tough one. So many, I think. Well, like, okay, so like my, so I think this is going back to childhood, but um, Elijah Wood, just because I had a poster of him in my music room when I was growing up. 
It was a poster of the war, which was like that Kevin Costner movie that I I, I don't know that was like a big movie, but I had the poster. He's so cute in it. <laughs> and lastly, Q White Concerned, oh, quite concerned, says, does Kate Micucci sell original art online? I was selling original art for a while in December. I had a big art show in Dallas and then we sold the rest online. Um, currently, there's no original work for sale. However, if you go to my website, I have a bunch of t-shirts and hats and tote bags with my art on that art on the site. And I have another art show coming up this spring in Los Angeles. So there might be some more original work available. Cool. Okay. One more actually. Mm -hmm. Abe Lopez says, is she actually a sports fan or just being sarcastic when she comments on games? Oh, oh my gosh. Have you guys been watching football? Tiny bit against my will. (laughs) (laughs) Allison famously last week asked her husband, what's a touchdown again? (laughs) (laughs) And then I tried to save myself by saying, I mean, I know that it's what you want. I'm just saying what qualifies as a touchdown. How is it different? Right. Than what, and then I'm like, and what's that thing where you throw the ball through the goalpost? <laughs> the thing is, the information has been bestowed on me numerous times. It just doesn't stick. I, I don't know how I know the rules of football. It might be because I was in the marching band for years and would have to go to the games. I, I'm not really sure, but I I don't follow teams i don't really care too much my dad's a steelers fan so i definitely root for them just for my dad but i don't watch the only thing i love is like the past few games that i've seen on television i get wrapped i love when it's a good like close game and i also love watching when people are just at the top of their game when they're so good at what they do and so it's so amazing to watch these athletes like just like switch it up and then one team's winning then the other team's winning but now the other team's winning and that's what's been happening i saw two amazing games in the past week and a half where i was like this is crazy and i really do get into it yeah there have been a couple playoff games in the last two weeks that were just you couldn't have scripted them that crazy like they were just the the best drama you would ever see on tv the steelers and that other team see this is how much i care is like i don't remember who but i just love watching it but the broncos was it or no? When the one where the fights were happening? Oh, that was um, Bengals. Was the Bengals? There was. Yeah, I, think there, was the I know there actually was a Steelers and Bengals game. Yeah, but yep. that was where. The, yeah, that they won last minute. That was pretty yeah. exciting. I'm a Steelers fan too, so I. Saw oh, that. good. Yeah. How did you become a Steelers fan? Being from, is it just still Pennsylvania or? Yeah, I just never quite gelled with the Eagles. They weren't. That's how we felt. Yeah. Same thing. And yeah, and I felt like. People in Philadelphia proper were Eagles fans, but pretty much everybody else in the other part of Pennsylvania were Steelers fans. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the Steelers were huge when I was a kid. So it was like Terry Bradshaw or Ron Jaworski. You know, it's a lot easier to get behind Terry Bradshaw. I, we were coming from New Jersey. Giant. My dad was a Giants fan for a long time. I say we. I just do whatever my dad says. And then, uh, and then he switched to Steelers. So they have good colors. Uh, yeah, it's a solid move. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. You too. You. I'm sorry that they lost last week. That's okay. All right. Let's check out the sunset. Okay. And then come back and do Just Mirror Everyone. We're back after looking at the sunset. How do you feel it was, Kate? I think on the scale of one to 10, I'm going to give it a six. It was not what I thought it was going to be, but it was still very, very pretty. But I was hoping it was going to be like one of those like one of the best in you know the year. Well, mm. it's the new, the the year is still new, but uh, but how do you feel about it? It uh, it started out a little underwhelming, a little subtle, but then as we stood on the balcony, it uh, began to take over more of the sky, and then it was really pretty. Yeah, and it became striking. But I would agree with you. Not, I feel like I sh- I feel like I'm like commentating. Comment is commentating a word. I think so. 
I feel like I'm like judging an ice skating performance or something. (laughs) I expected a little more from the sky, but it was still was beautiful nonetheless. Yes, I I totally agree. And I want to say thank you. How did you like it? What did you think? I liked it. Um, it, It just seemed average at first, but then it got very, very dark, bright red. Mm hmm. Uh, towards the end there and i i like it because i as i said on the porch we had a discussion about this is that i appreciate sunsets but i never anticipate them being awesome so when i see them I, it's just a surprise so i i was just i have no expectations so it's just a big present for me always oh good yeah I well like thank it. you for taking the time to, to check it out thank <laughs> you for giving us reason to take the time because i've lived here now for more than six months, even though the decor and the boxes makes it seem like six months. We have a balcony. I've been out on it like only a handful of times. One of those things where when we moved in, I was like, oh, we're definitely going to be balcony people. I don't know what that means. Right. I never go out there. Part of the reason is because I have a neighbor who has no blinds. I don't know if you saw I, him I in saw there. him watching TV. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in general, I just don't go out there. But when I was out there now, I was like, oh, it's so pleasant out here. Yeah. You, I think it's a it's a beautiful. I mean, you have a it's a nice view and the, mm-hmm. the plants are it's right. very it's very zen it's really i like it i really should get out there yeah more. could put a chair out there some little little twinkle lights that know. was the dream yeah initially initially we had a dream of uh of twinkle lights and a little table and a whole thing yeah so we now didn't do it now there's a power potential power move that you could pull which is what if you started using the porch and then put up a blind there so the Ooh, couldn't see yes. you. Now they what if I just break into his apartment and put up blinds on his side? <laughs> <laughs> you could. I used to have, I, I used to live not too far from here and I had a roommate that was for some reason against blinds and our neighbor next door actually came over and said, can I, can I buy you some blinds? Did your roommate allow it? No, because he was a dick. That's why he didn't have blinds. It was right. like, fuck you world. Was here he like I walking am. around naked all the time? I don't think so, but it's just, it was like that. It was yeah. like you looked out the window and you were looking into his bedroom. His life, yeah. Um, but so, yeah, if you hung a blind there now, they would probably take offense to that, even though you're fully entitled to be out there and have your privacy. Right. Or you could get uh, like bamboo stalks or something that looks mm. a little bit more oh, like decorative, yeah. you know? That's smart. Just thinking with the twinkle lights would look nice. I don't know. <laughs> or Rather is than it... the big sheet of corrugated tin I was picturing. <laughs> right. Or is it like on an airplane... When you're like, you know what? I'm not going to just so easily give up this armrest. I'm going to put my arm here and I'm going to allow my arm to be right up against this person's arm and we'll see who pulls their arm away first. Like maybe if I hang out there all the time, eventually he'll be tired of seeing me all the time and he'll put up blinds. That's a very good point because if you're not out there very often, he has no reason to put a blind. Right. I've given it to him. Yeah. I've just seated that spot take back the porch take yes. back the night porch okay i, I think yeah he might you, actually put something up there if you're out there all the time right and it's really beautiful it's pretty yeah. oh and you could get a uh, universal remote and just change <laughs> the channel to what you want to watch also was he smoking in his bedroom because it smelled smoky out there oh i didn't I've notice i, really? okay, I okay. saw him in his chair it seemed like he was chilling but i didn't want to like right you don't want to stare yeah but he's right there. That's he's the weird right thing. There. It would be weird to stare or go like, hey, what's up? But it's, it was he's 10 feet away, right? In my Not kitchen, even. I kept the blinds closed because if I open them, I stare right into his apartment. Oh, he's see, he's winning. winning. He's, he's winning, winning right now. You because can. I live undercover because of him. I say open up all those blinds and see what happens. 
Let your freak flag fly. And you never know what you'll see. You might see, like, who knows? What if he's, like, a mob boss or something? Right. I didn't get a good look at him. Maybe maybe that's my dicky old roommate. (laughs) It could be. I think um, we just solved some things here. I think I, this would be great. You'll you'll make a little porch and see what happens. You could always just have a pulley system and like offer him like if you're out there eating salsa and chips, just be like, hey. Right. Want a chip? Yeah. <laughs> Send a chip over. Um, let's do just me or everyone. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? Okay, Amy Rankert Stabbins says, just me or everyone, secretly like the smell of cat breath. So this is where people write in things they, oh, did we do it at the live show? I, I forget. I don't know if we things did. We think are, things we think or do where we wonder, is it just me or is it everyone? And people write in and then we wait. we give our opinion. Cool. Um, what does cat breath smell like? Um, it's stinky. It smells kind of like cat food. I I. Being the cat person in the room, I don't secretly love the smell of cat's breath, and I love my cats. I I'm not a cat person, um. So I, but also like that. Just you reading that, I kind of went like, Ugh. like I, I think, <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, it just might be right. this girl here. That might actually that might actually be my least favorite thing about my cats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more than cat poo. Uh, cat poo's kind of self-contained. I was gonna oh, say yeah, they're really right. good about that. Cats they like yeah. cats kind of know what to do. Like they take care of it. Yep. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> yeah, I like when Wendy's breath has no scent at all. Really? Mm-hmm. It's just kind of warm and sweet, but it's not really sweet. It's just sweet because it's her. How old is Wendy? She's a year and a half. Oh, so she's still young. Yeah, she's got time to yeah, develop it's funky get weird. dog breath. Yeah. The Great One says, have thrown away impossible to open shelled pistachios. Oh, you have to. There's always a few in a bag that you have to just say goodbye to because you can't get them open. I don't know anything about pistachios. So yeah, I don't know. I hmm. do you I get my I get my competitive side up and I will bust out a pair of vice grips out of the toolbox and bust them open. And that's oh. how you I'll get say open. you're not the boss of me, pistachio. I feel like I have said you're not the boss of me, nut, and then taken a knife and tried to wedge it in there and I always think this is how I'm gonna lose a finger and I think it's not worth it. Yeah, it sounds a little It's not worth it over a pistachio. Right. Have you had a pistachio? I think in my life I have. Something happened. It's going to sound funny, but whatever. I'll just say it. I just all of a sudden didn't like nuts. <laughs> <laughs> no, none at all? No. Like, I used to, like, love almonds and, like, you know, I do, like, M&M, like, peanut M&Ms. I will eat those. But, um, but yeah, other than that, like, I just don't like a plain old nut. <laughs> <laughs> B. Slammon says, when showering the day I'm leaving on a trip, I toss shower items over the shower when I'm done with them so I don't forget them. That is smart. I don't do that. But the toiletries and the bathroom stuff is always the last stuff I pack because I sort of need it. Although I remember I had Liz Winstead on the show and she was like, you just have a separate uh, like travel go thing. You have a separate travel container with your travel shampoo and your travel this and your travel that. And then you just throw that in your bag. And I was like, oh. That is so smart. It is. I don't know why I never thought of that. And now I have something that approximates that. Um, but before every trip, I used to get out little travel bottles and squeeze. I was always right. moving stuff from one bottle to another and it was a real pain in the ass. I don't like that just seems so easy to just have the separate try and I travel a lot like especially when we're touring with Garfunkel notes like 
And every time I take the stuff out and the soap I like to use, and all, it's just right. back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, Liz has a good idea there. I started doing that after our Seattle trip to Bumbershoot. Mm-hmm. After, because of this hang-up, I didn't finish packing because I knew I had to switch over my toiletries and was so focused on remembering to do that that I famously, super producer Jeff Fox, went to Bumbershoot, having done all this prep work, and showed up there with no underwear because I had <laughs> forgotten. I was so obsessed with getting my toiletries right. Never again. I didn't know about that. Yeah, I told you about that. You did? Yeah. I had forgotten about that. Thank, thank God. What did you do? Did you go out and buy underwear? Yeah, there was a Target nearby, so I just walked over to Target and bought some chonies. That's- I think I went to that Target while we were there. <laughs> it's a pretty decent target it was fun yeah i always say because i when traveling there's always i'm always worried i'm gonna forget something but it's like there's a store everywhere yeah, yeah. you can Not pretty much the get everything yeah. um given that you can pretty much get everything it's crazy how much stress there is that i feel a ton of stress when i travel even though i always i always think i want to travel but when it really comes down to it like i'm very stressed out packing i'm very stressed out until i get on the plane i I feel like I, I definitely know that feeling of like sitting in the plane going, OK, I did it because it is it's a pain in the butt. Yeah. But I think the like if I'm on the road every week and sometimes like a couple cities in a week or something, then it gets easy and it's no thought involved. But then when like a month will go by and then I have to pack again, I'm like, how do I do this? Like it just <laughs> I have to learn it all over again. JMO's for a rose says when a cashier asks if I found everything I was looking for always answer yes to avoid any possible follow-up questions yes because if you say no it's not like they're going to help are they going to help you find it at that point exactly no I don't think so yeah I feel like if I say no either they're going to feel bad or they're supposed to say oh that's in so-and-so aisle and I don't you know want to get out of the aisle yeah. yeah at that point if I haven't found the chocolate cover peanut something <laughs> i'm done you know once i got in line it's like i'll live right uh jmos for a rose also says never want a clerk's help when they offer it can never find a clerk when i do need help um yeah i would say usually when they say can i help you with anything i will decline it even if i do need help it's got to be on my terms <laughs> yeah yeah I've, often i just don't want to deal with anyone mm-hmm. you know i mean i guess if i am really looking for something but is it like at the grocery store or like a... I think they mean like any store, okay. basically. I wonder if that's a thing that clerks do is they, they're they supposed to ask you that and they can sort of size you up and say, oh, this person's not looking for anything. So they say, can I get you anything? And knowing that you'll say no. Right. And they're like, well, I've done my job. When I worked um, at Sam Goody, huh. the manager there was always, always on me, like, help the customers, help the customers, help the customers, which meant going up and saying, can I help you find anything? But I could tell that, like, I am irritating them. People want to just browse. They don't Especially want you up their Especially in butt. a music store yes. of all places. Exactly. That's it's the not place. like a hardware store. Yeah. Or what, what's, like, the ultimate store where you're not going to be browsing? Um, um, grocery store, hardware store. Yeah. Or you're pretty much there for a purpose. A purpose, yeah. right. Yeah. I always felt, I felt like she was telling me, annoy the customers, annoy the customers. She didn't like me very much. Rick Peter Peters says, when jotting, tempted to write the at symbol instead of at, because I find the at symbol fun to write, but feel silly abbreviating a two-letter word. I say go for it. Yeah. No, the at symbol is really fun to write. It is a fun one. Yeah. It's got a little loop-de-loo happening. Yeah. Yeah. Own it. it. It's fun. (laughs) 
Has your writing gotten terrible as you've gotten older? Because mine is illegible. It's horrible. I don't know what happened. Mine I do know always what happened. notoriously really? horrible. Yeah. I was going through my old journals and I could not get over how good I knew I had good handwriting when I was a kid, but oh my god, like compared to now, I I, I the word, but you know we don't like we write notes in our phone. We type, right. we type all the time. We type on the computer. It's not. Do you, you know, journal now still? No, not at all, really. I used to. I had like when I, I did for a while, and once in a while, if like a crazy day happens, I'm like I have to write this down. But I let a lot of crazy days go by and don't write anything. So, I, I do you? Do you? I only recently started doing it again, um, and I used to, but I know at a certain point I was like I feel like anything that I would write in my journal now I'm it's in emails to people. Yeah. <laughs> like, but now, but currently it's not really in emails to people. I think this was more when I was younger and I was, it was after college. So I was like communicating with, with my friends a lot more. Um, so I just recently started trying to journal again when I'm like, I just feel a bunch of things and I don't know what, what's going on and I can just get it out. And I started doing it in an actual journal longhand. And then, um, that's when I realized my handwriting is terrible <laughs> and it feels so slow. So I've just started doing it on the computer, which feels weird. It feels weird t- for me to like be typing a journal entry, but it's so much easier for me. I just, it's, yeah. It's how and, I think. and it's also like, it's time. I, you know, it's so much faster <laughs> to yes. just type than, yeah. I mean, there is something really nice about having, you know, when you look back, you know, 60 years from now, I'd be like, oh, I wrote this. And, you know, there's, the, you know, the pen touched the page, but whatever. I mean, I've actually typed things out and printed them out and put them in a journal. <laughs> just <laughs> I've thought of doing that. Maybe yeah. I should. Uh, Danny Deegan says, just mirror everyone. I empty the garage in the, ba- no, I empty the garbage in the bathroom when company comes over. Only when company comes over. Uh, not even when company comes over. <laughs> he empties the garbage. The garbage in-, in the bathroom. Oh, oh, I thought, okay, I took it the other way. Oh, I see. Garbage. <laughs> He's like putting it in the bathroom. No, that Fills makes up the sense. bathtub. <laughs> I feel like that's nice. That makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and lastly, Lauren Kay says, receive menu in mailbox. Study menu to see what I would order. Never go there. I sometimes do that with, with essentially spam menus. I read them and I think, what would I get? But I would never go there. Yeah. I, yeah, that's true. Because it's usually restaurants I've never even heard of. Or yeah. it's like Little Caesars or something. Like, <laughs> right. right? <laughs> Do you get a lot of delivery? Um, you, No. I mean, I think I did when I was dating my last boyfriend because I felt like I needed to make sure that like we had a meal. But it's I for me, it's like I just I'm so happy with a cheese sandwich or I'm cereal or, you know, I'll put a frozen pizza and like and so i don't really order out much i i order my groceries but i do too yeah yummy.com um no i've been doing instacart oh maybe i should try is yummy.com good yummy is great i love it so much and they're just down the street from here so they come really quickly hmm yeah so- i have liked instacart so far that's the one i've been doing although um it's kind of expensive yummy. actually vons will deliver as well really yes i huh. it's been a long time since i've been to an actual grocery store and i find what like the random times i am i'm like there is so much stuff it's crazy. i know i know <laughs> because you begin to think the only options are what's online yeah and i know like i feel like i know the yummy options pretty darn good at this point but then i you know then there'll be like a random thing at the grocery store that just blows my mind i'm like that's crazy yes. i should go here more <laughs> 
you guys, if you're going to buy something online, perhaps at Amazon, which you are because they have everything, click through the banner on my website at alisonrosen.com. It doesn't cost you anything extra. It helps out the show. Thank you for your Amazon support. Thank you for your PayPal support. PayPal links on um, my website, alisonrosen.com. And we have t-shirts and ringtones and all sorts of stuff. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. And also... You can get these by going to the store on the website. Um, uh, The bumper shoot episodes should be available very soon. Perhaps by the time you hear this, uh, it will be in iTunes and then shortly thereafter in the store and also gumroad.com slash Allison Rosen. Follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. Follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-N-B-F. Email us, A-R-I-Y-N-B-F-Show at gmail.com and subscribe, iTunes.com slash Allison Rosen. Jeff, where should we go for you? You can find me on Facebook and Twitter at Colonel Jeff Fox, and I'll be back in Pennsylvania hosting an open mic night at Shticks Ahoy 2. <laughs> Not the original one in Percocy, but the new one in Kintnersville. So, Kate, if you're around, stop by. I would love to go to Shticks Ahoy 2. That sounds amazing. You've been to the original one, I no, assume, No, I right? want to go to both. More Shticks. This is the best name I've ever heard. That's so good. Oh, and I forgot to mention, if you want to see what it looks like when we're doing this show, um, I've been putting videos up on YouTube just recently started doing it again so youtube.com slash Allison Rosen Kate looked around like where's the camera yeah. not this one <laughs> I was like this is so weird we've been filming <laughs> no 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 not this one no the, um, the Thursday show there's <laughs> some videos up. <laughs> I was like you guys that was like stealth, stealth I had right? no idea <laughs> Kate um, where should people go to find you and anything they should be on the lookout for um, well you can find me at katemacucci uh, dot com or I'm on Twitter just Kate Micucci and Instagram it's M-I-C-U-C-C-I. It's a little bit tricky. Um, but then, yeah, I don't know. I have a couple movies coming out this year. And, what movies? Uh, one is a romantic comedy called Unleashed. And in it, I play a, a girl who's unlucky in love. And then I look at my dog and my cat. And I, I wish that, you know, that I could find love like I have with my pets. Aww. And then all of a sudden, on a full moon, they turn into men. And it's, it's the cutest. It's so fun. I love that. Um, and then I did Mike Birbiglia's movie. Um, his new one is coming out this year as well. So that is really, um, it's called Don't Think Twice. And that'll be out, I'm not sure when, but sometime in 2016. All so, right. Everyone yeah. look for that. Thank you again for doing the show. It was thank so you for great having me. To you. I had such a good time. Thank you so much. Sure. Listeners, thank you for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? We had a good time, but now we gotta go. Yeah, Allison.